morning, team. Thank you, Anthony, very much indeed. We'll keep you up to date with that fire, actually. As you said, Tom Cheel's going down there. Perhaps we could throw the England football team on there to keep it going a bit longer, because they're pictured on the front of the papers this morning, laughing and joking. Perhaps they think it's funny. The funniest thing was Vanessa Feltz. I've had a gastric band fitted to save my life. Fatty Feltz, as she's now known, has ballooned, and all due to the fact that she said, I can't stop eating. Of course you can, dear. You must force yourself. It's not too difficult. Anyway, more on that and other exciting showbiz stories after the news, which is next. Point three. Well, I'm you, heavens above. I go out there at the Marmite sandwich. I'm living a normal life. I don't care what anybody says. That's the highlight. That's the, exactly. Well, the other day, peanut butter on, on crackers. We were just saying, actually, ladies and gentlemen, about these, these so-called celebrities. And the front of OK magazine has got all the naffos who turned up to Elton John's do because it was an OK-sponsored thing. So you get Kerry Katona. The whole idea of Elton John's white tie and tiara party is that it generates millions because a load of rich people go there. You don't want to go to a party which has got Kerry Katona and Peter Andre in it, do you? You're going to walk out the back door and go, can we find some A-list people? Such a bad man this morning. Such a bad man. Let it all out. Let it all out. Come on, get it out in the open. Only saying what everybody thinks. Nice to see you. I did a great show today. Absolutely. I'm, Has your cholesterol gone up these spouts? I haven't checked. Yes, you have. You know so well you have. I haven't checked. You know, yeah, you know don't you? If oh, it's, I know, yeah. It's bad. Do you want an apple? No. Take care. I've got Brayburns. Crispy and crunchy. Okay, take care. Bye. Anthony's back with you tomorrow morning. No, I was just saying, it's at the front of OK magazine, I had to look to see what they were going to make... I'm just signing, actually, quickly. Uh, to see what they were going to make of uh, Elton John's party. And because it was full of all, full of all the numpties, uh, all the, uh, the people who... You wouldn't normally... Ex- I mean, Alex Gerrard. I mean, God in heaven, what was she doing there? Wearing... I mean, perhaps somebody told the poor cow, you know, you have to wear something glamorous. She looked like she'd wandered off the set of Carry On Cleo. I don't know what she thought she was wearing. I mean, she really is the dumbest of the dumb. And... Um, so luckily, we didn't have Katie Price there. I think she was far too busy troweling on the Botox. And um, so you've got... The whole idea is that they go there and they raise lots and lots of money. People with money. What's the point in taking Kerry Katona? She ain't got diddly squat. Claire looked very glam. Peter Andre just looked a, like a bit of a plank. I think he's... I'd, I've watched it now twice. I've had to watch it twice to, to try and come to grips with what's going on in Peter Andre's life. And the answer is absolutely nothing. He plays with his children when they're there. What does he do when they're not there? Does he just sit at home and sort of do Lego? Or does he do painting by night? What does he do? Because they say, oh, Pete's on this really busy um, tour at the moment. It's a 60-day it's a tour. I thought, oh, right, 60-day tour. So that's, that's about two months. Whereas there are people who work every night of the week in West End shows. Eight performances a week they're giving. And they like, oh, it's just so tiring. But he's sort of pretending he's a pop star or something. Three hit singles. I mean, I ask you. But I did look through OK Magazine and there were sort of pictures. of It was quite clearly an OK event because it was all the naff people. You know, and Elton's obviously got to, you know, bite the bullet and say, all right, well, I'll go with it because they obviously pump money into it. But then OK, call the shots. And they will say, right, we've got to put Kerry Katona on and Peter Andre. So, in fact, the name Elton John was in very small letters... Unlike the name of Peter Andre, which is in very big letters. And it just just sort of ruined it, as far as I was concerned. Just absolutely ruined it. It was a shame, really. But, uh, but Anthony was saying how awful to be one of these so-called celebrities, you know, the Z-listers, where you've got to get dressed up and you've got to go out to a party hoping that you get photographed and they put your picture in, in a magazine. How desperately sad is that? 
desperately, desperately sad, whereas I've trundled on quite happily for 32 years, making a very good living, thank you very much indeed, without having to sort of tart myself up and go out to parties all the time. It's boring. It's very boring. You only have to open up OK magazine. At one time, there was somebody called Giles Vickers-Jones. Giles Vickers-Jones was done up to everything. And, and then, unfortunately, it didn't actually amount to any work. It was a bit like Caroline Faraday. Here's a party. Oh, look, it's Caroline Faraday again. It was a bit like, like an old film from the Ealing comedy. And I think it was called The Happiest Days of Our Life, which is where a boys' school and a girls' school collide. And the parents come round and they keep seeing their daughter and everything. They keep saying, well, there she is again. There's Angela again. What's Angela doing here? And it's a bit like that when you open up the magazines. There's a, there's a few sort of page three type girl things that turn up. And, uh, and then there are people who've slept with footballers. Mind you, I mean, that's begun, beginning to look a bit desperate now, isn't it? Um, and, and then there are other people who just turn up and you think, what are you doing there? I remember telling you the other morning, the girl who's been having an affair with Ashley Cole is a, is a, a former lap dancer. And, um, and the interesting thing is that she said, oh, now I've decided I want to be on television and be a celebrity. I think you've only slept with him a few times, for God's sake, and now you think... You want to be a celebrity, and I'm thinking, how desperately sad, isn't it? That's the way people become famous nowadays. You sleep with somebody who's a bit naff, and then you go, uh, I'm a celebrity now. And you think, yeah, right, yeah, right. It's like when I opened up the uh, the OK magazine, there's uh, four pages, or being, being Vanessa Feltz, I think it was probably six. You know, Vanessa Feltz's uh, fat goes on pages 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26. And here she is, I've had a gastric band fitted to save my life, because she can't stop shoving cake in her mouth. She says, I can't pass a Krispy Kreme donut. That's why you're fat, love. You know, I shouldn't have to preach to you. You're supposed to be an adult. But you have to explain to some people, because people nowadays make money out of telling people about how they're fat and now they've had a gastric band fitted. Great if you can afford it. But I suspect, though, Vanessa, your boyfriend fancies you a bit fatty. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't imagine, if you slimmed out, she says, I want to be a size 12. Well, I don't know what a size 12 looks like. I have no idea. I don't understand. I only understand men's small... Medium, L, XL, XXL. I don't understand what a size 12 is. No idea at all. So here she is. I've had a gastric band fitted to save my life. No, if you stop shoving cake in your mouth, it might save your life. If you might get out there and do a bit of exercise, that would save your life. Suppose to bleating about it in the paper. She goes, oh, it's just so difficult. I've really tried. Well, you quite clearly haven't, have you? You quite clearly haven't tried at all. And that's why they all go in the newspaper. And then, I mean, I'm, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. If she probably brings out a fitness video. OK, here we go. Let's lift a piece of paper up. Only if you can manage it. And put the piece of paper down on the table. There you go. That's today's exercise. Tomorrow, we'll teach you how to, how to take a grape off a bunch of grapes. The million people out there at the moment who don't know they've got diabetes. We've, we've banged on about diabetes for ages and ages. And uh, I've said the simple hard and fast rule. You want to know if you've got diabetes... Uh, firstly, if you're black or Asian and uh, you're over 40 or over, sorry, over 25, then there's a very good chance that you could be diabetic because it's quite prevalent within the black community and within the Asian community. Um, if you're overweight, very good chance you could be diabetic. Uh, if you go to the toilet a lot, very good chance you're diabetic. Uh, if you uh, sweat a lot, even in the winter, you know, you get very hot. Very good chance you're diabetic. If you get blurred vision, slow healing of wounds, all this kind of thing, tiredness, all of this can be diabetes. I mean, it's, it's dreadful, really. But uh, especially at night, you go to the toilet, you get out of bed, 
go to the toilet, get back into bed, sleep for another 20 minutes, get up, go to the toilet, diabetic. All you've got to do is just go to the doctor, say, I think I'm diabetic. They test you straight away. Takes but seconds. Takes but seconds. They get a little, a little thing out of you, like that, squeeze a bit of blood out, put it on a slide, go, you're diabetic. It's as simple as that. Andy Murray is feeding his uh, appetite for 10 success with chicken baguettes. Apparently has two of them, plain with a green salad and a few crisps. See the trouble? Now, you'll all be going, oh, great, because it works for him, doesn't it? Works for him, because he's obviously fit. But the trouble is, he's working out every day. He's playing tennis every day. It doesn't work for somebody if you're just pushing a pram. You can't go, oh, well, if it works for Andy Murray, I'll just go and eat a baguette and I'll have some crisps and I'll have some green salad with it. Does not work. It only works if you're working out. It's like being in a West End show. If it's a musical... There's a very good chance you're going to get a workout every night of the week, and that's why it's absolutely excellent for you. But if, if you're not in a musical and you're eating this, you're going to get fat. Young people burn it off quicker. Other people do not. So never read anything and, and somebody will go, this is the diet for you, you know, Colleen Nolan or somebody like that, because that would just be something that suits them. And as you now know, Colleen's piled it all back on again and become the old tubsy that we always knew she was. Same as Vanessa Feltz. I mean, if she brought out a diet video, most people would wet themselves laughing, because it's not going to happen, is it? So the idea is, little and often, and exercise. You've got to get the exercise. Simple as that. Twelve minutes past uh, five. I mentioned the fire down in, in Marylebone. I'm not even sure where it is at the moment, so we'll find out from Matt Jones in a second. But I gather we can talk to uh, Robin Whittington now. Robin, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Steve. Where Where is this fire exactly? Just Just... Get it clear in my mind where it is. Well, you've got where Baker Street cuts across Marlebone, um, just on the other side of there. You've got um, a large, a large block of uh, residential block of eight stories. Yes, uh, Barclay House, and that's the one where the, the fire is. Right. So, where on, on what floor is it? The, the, the fire itself was on the fourth floor of an eight-story block. Right. So it's so presumably they, they've had to evacuate everybody now. Yes, what, what, what's happened, the, the first call to us came in about 1.40 this morning, 0.140, and that was called by a member of public um, from the, the fact that it was involved in the fire, it's on the fourth floor. Um, Cruise from Sower and Westminster attended that. Uh, the, our main control has received seven further calls, including dealing with two fire survival calls. Uh, the fire survival calls are the ones where members of public are trapped in their property by, by smoke or, or a fire situation. So our control will then deal with those and pass that information back to the crews on arrival. So what's the situation at the moment, Robin? Life situation is now the fire is out. Um, the residents are now coming back into the building. The building's been declared safe. It was, we managed to contain the fire to, to one flat on the fourth floor. Although that is, that is damaged by fire, um, everyone else can reoccupy the building. Any, any problem with sort of traffic around the area? Have, we, have they closed the, off the roads? What we're trying to do now, because um, because we're going to have crews working on scene for a considerable time into the morning, what will happen is that most of the fire plants that have been here throughout the night are going to gradually going to be leaving the scene, and that will clear Marlebone Road. So Marlebone Road will reopen. In fact, it's already running one way back into Paddington now. So that will reopen, and the appliances that are coming on have been after rendezvous on Baker Street, but even that will still leave half of Baker Street flowing as normal. So hopefully... We're going to clear the area by with fire plants before the rush hour begins. Excellent, Robin. Nice to talk to you. Thank you for that, Robin Whittington from the Fire Brigade, who's at the yes, uh, the scene down there. Thanks very much indeed for that. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Quarter past five is uh, the time. News headlines coming up. Two firefighters are being treated by ambulance crews and around 300 people have been evacuated as the fire burns at flats in Marylebone. Three people have been rescued. 75 firefighters are at the scene. 
The man's been charged over a siege at a bank in Surrey on Monday afternoon. And crime on London's buses has fallen to its lowest level for six years, according to figures from the mayor. Let's have a check on the road. So, as you've just heard from Robin, they're going to try and clear that road in time for the uh, rush hour. With the travel, Matt Jones. Thanks very much, Steve. Yes, good morning. Uh, and 97.3. Just confirm again for you that fire is out. Fire brigades been out uh, since just after one this morning. So the fire is out, and what they're going to try and do is clear... And I'm sure that uh, in the few hours that they've got before the rush hour hits, which was probably about uh, seven seven thirty this morning, then they'll they'll clear that area. So it'll be back. You'll never know anything has happened. It's a good thing about the fire brigade. They're down there. They work very hard. They've had all the uh, the fire crews down. About three hundred people evacuated. But now the fire's out in that particular flat. So it's only it's only a small block. I know exactly where it is. Just off the Marylebone Road, uh, just by Baker Street, where it crosses over. And uh, I was trying to remember where it was. They're only about eight eight blocks tall, but it's quite a heavily, uh, densely populated area down there. So uh, if you're coming into town, you'll, you'll be diverted anyway. So my advice is don't come in on the Marylebone flyover. Come off at Paddington. Go round the back. It'll save you an awful lot of time and trouble sitting there queuing. Still problems down, incidentally, on the travel up at uh, Hogarth Roundabout. I've yet to see anybody working on it. That'd be quite a nice thing to do. I went past it yesterday, nipped down to my accountants, and uh, I thought, should I take some pictures and put them up on my website of people not working? Because every time I've been round there, nobody's actually working. It's taken them this long. All they're doing is just take... It's a little tiny bit of road. It's not a main road. It's a little flyover bridge, little tiny temporary structure that's turned into something permanent, because of the amount of traffic that we have in London. And uh, all it needs is resurfacing. I mean, you could have actually put up an office block in the time it's taken them to do this, because most of them stand to be standing around drinking cups of tea every time I've been down there. And yesterday they were doing just that, chatting away. No, 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 no. Good programme on the telly last night about uh, Battle of Britain, talking about the Polish pilots and the, uh, the effort that, uh, that they made during the, uh, the Battle of Britain. Uh, we'll have a chat to Tom Cheel very, very shortly. Uh, in the papers as well today, Christine Bleakley looking happy. Dreary old so and so wearing a ring, and they're going, Is it an engagement ring? No, it's not. I can tell you that now. It's not an engagement ring uh, because she's too busy doing her career. So uh, she's back with uh, Frank Lampard. All the rest of them are doing out, uh, they're just doing shopping, which is very exciting. Uh, Every's going on holiday. Fabio Capello fled Britain uh, two hours after returning. He refused to stay and face the music over England's dire show. Well, I mean, let's not worry about it. Let's not worry about it. Uh, ben Shepherd is going to quit GMTV earlier. I mean, we, we were told he actually quit back in January. And now they're saying that he was going to leave in September, but he's brought it forward to enjoy the summer with his family and focus on his latest fundraising challenge. Not actually any work. He's just doing a fundraising challenge. Recently replaced by Adrian Charles. Strangely enough, Ben Shepherd rated quite well with GMTV viewers. They said, you know, who, who did you watch? And it turned out to be... Ben Shepherd. So what do they do? They get rid of Ben Shepherd, although very wisely his agent was allowed to say, I'm assuming, uh, that he was going anyway. Although why you'd want to leave something that lucrative is totally beyond me. Perhaps there wasn't a role for him. Bit of a shame here. But he was frustrated, they say, about a lack of communication from bosses about the presenting team. I should imagine they're all sitting down there like that. So he's going to spend summer with his family. I'm sure he'll, he'll come back with some sort of job. I don't know what it is. Fundraising interesting. And now they're saying Fern Britain's back on the market. Fern who left this morning. I wish she'd stayed. It, well, it's not the same, I'm afraid. You know, Holly Willoughby's quite nice. But nobody was as good as Fern. Fern had that that sort of girl next door thing. Holly Willoughby just looks like she's an overmade up Barbie doll with not too much going on between the ears. 
She's a bit fern cotton, I'm afraid, in that respect. You know, they're all sort of there, but not really a lot, not of intelligence. And that's why we liked fern. They say she's also going to be on the five o'clock show. She's going to be presenting that for a little while. Because they've all tried it. I tell you, I didn't realise it could get worse. But sadly, poor old um, Denise Van Outen and Melanie Sykes. Can somebody... I mean, I don't want to be rude about Melanie Sykes because I'm sure she's a deeply intelligent and professional television presenter. But you think somebody could tell her that it's television, she's got a microphone on, you don't need to shout. I think she thinks she's doing... Hello, everybody! She's like that. And you feel like, shh, that's why you're not working a lot, dear. That's why there's not a lot of work in the diary. It's because you're not a very good television presenter. You don't need to shout. The man in the, in the sound has put a microphone on you. You know that thing that's between your boobs? That's called a microphone, OK? And that, you don't need to shout for him. You know, you can, you can actually talk just like this. And every, but don't think you have to speak very loudly so that the people in the audience can hear you. Because, frankly, it sounds a bit silly because Denise Van Outen, also not a very good television presenter, is actually coming over a little bit better than you. And Melanie, you're not as funny as you think you are. I know, do you remember somebody ages ago said to you, oh, you like the girl next door and we all love you? We don't. OK, just like I tell you that now. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Just don't shout, please. Don't shout on, on the television. Cheryl Cole is being lined up for a sizzling new double act with dancer pal Derek Hoff on Dancing with the Stars. Really? Apparently, ABC are trying to woo it. I don't believe that. I shouldn't imagine ABC have got the faintest idea who, who Cheryl is. Why would they want it? They can't... You can't understand... Let's face it, girls, because we're with it. You know, who's going to... They're not going to take her for that. I mean, even he's not that interesting. She said the other day, though, she said, listen, all this talk of a romance with Derek, we're just best of friends. And I smiled. As indeed you do, don't you? When you get a dancer who walks around in a tight white T-shirt with a dog under his arm. You smile, don't you? To yourself in a, in a strange kind of way. Uh, other stories here. Oh, I'm quite, quite delighted that jobless people who refuse help to get work could have their doll cut for three years. Fantastic. Fantastic. If Vanessa Feltz has had a gastric band fitted, it must have snapped. I demand a refund, Steve. No, she's, she's having it fitted to save her life because she can't stop. I mean, I wouldn't mind if it was something medical. But she's admitted in all the interviews that she cannot stop shoving food in her mouth. And I know, I've sat next to Vanessa Feltz. I mean, she can't get enough of it. She troughs it down, you know, like, oh, it's for... Everybody loves food, but, of course, if you eat, and you eat a lot, and you don't get any exercise, and quite frankly, she's not getting any exercise, unless we're doing a lot of rumpy-bumpy-in-the-bedroom mistakes. I don't know, you know, but I do worry about people who then go, I'm having a gastric band fitted. And you think, that's like the coward's way out, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a case of, can't actually be bothered to lose the weight, so I'll have a gastric band fitted. So she's been on liquids for a week. And then they'll get it. It won't work. I know people who split gastric bands. They've done them on the television. If you want to eat and you want to be fat as a house and die early, well, then carry on eating. Doesn't make any difference to us. I don't, I don't worry about that. Uh, Nick says, I wonder if you've caught any of this year's Big Brother. Sadly, I have. Sadly, I have. Shabby. Uh, they had uh, Nikki. Remember Nikki? I can't remember what her surname is. I mean, she's quite clearly not all there in the, in the brain department. Another one. Nikki was going, I can't do it. Can't. Oh, it's working. There was that one, and uh, she was there talking about Shabby. She likes Shabby, because Shabby's the predatory lesbian in the house. Now, I don't want to be rude, but she's coming onto this poor Irish girl like there's no tomorrow. If it, was, if it was a gay guy, the papers would have gone, this is disgusting. Why is this, you know, homosexual allowed to come onto somebody? And yet here is this lesbian, because obviously people are having a bit, of, a bit of lesbian action in the house. Whereas the Irish girl's going, this morning, she said to her, she said, are, are you not over me yet? And Shabby went, no, if anything, it's got worse. I'm thinking, whoa, scary! 
scary lesbian action. We don't want that going on in the Big Brother house. It's not... It's just... And, and that's all she seems to talk about. She's, she's obviously, like most lesbians who go in the house, there's something the matter with them. They've got a chip on their shoulder. I don't know what it is. They just feel that they have to tell the world that they're lesbians. You know, which is great. He didn't actually need to tell me. I just guess by the fact you can't do your makeup properly and you've got a, a ring through your lower lip that you like being led around. So I'm assuming you're a bit anti-men. So that's why she's there. But she's coming on to this poor Irish girl who's quite clearly a little bit naive in, in that department. She has a boyfriend and she thinks that somebody has a crush on you and then you go, I'm not, I'm not like that. And then they just go away. They think it, it, that they just fall out of love with you. So, but, of course, it doesn't. Because Shabby, who's got the word desperate and shallow tattooed all over her body, uh, quite clearly wants a bit of girl-on-girl action. But there, there's something the matter with all of them. I don't like any of them in the house. I have watched it. And I do watch a little bit in the morning. But they don't do anything. They just sit in the garden, wasting their life away. And you think, why are they there? And the answer is they want to win some money. I love crackers, peanut butter, jam, sliced cheddar cheese, even on toast. Trust me, Steve, it's wicked. It is absolutely. But also, you're going to be big as a house and die before you're 30. You know, it's one of those hard facts. So today, I bought apples in. I bought apples in. Five Braeburn apples. whoopie doo Not as exciting as it could be. And, uh, and I'll probably enjoy one of them later as I'm going home on the train, which is lovely. You know, eating my apple, staring out the window, wishing it was, you know, muffin with jam on or peanut butter. But I'll have an apple. Because you, you, you can't talk about people's uh, weight and things like that if you've not experienced it yourself. Luckily, I've been there and back, and now I'm not drinking alcohol. Week four now. Um, I'm, I'm doing quite well, actually. I think I'm doing quite well. Uh, 84850. Philip says, how can you possibly say you made a good living for the past 32 years? Can it really be you started work at, the, uh, at LBC at the age of seven? Yeah. So I was a bit young when I started. Everybody knows that. I was, I was the youngest person here. Uh, Steve, don't wish Fern Britton on us again. Her gurning grinning got my goat. Oh, no, we love Fern. I'm a big fan of Fern, I'm afraid. Big, 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 big fan of Fern. Not big fan of uh, Naomi Campbell. Really not a big fan. Nasty, nasty, bullying, horrible. <laughs> you know, when you consider, you know, she's just, just a Streatham girl. That's all she is. And here she is. Unfortunately, her hair's falling out. Now, I always thought she wore wigs anyway. And it looks like here she's had some sort of... I don't know what it is. Somebody was combing her hair because Naomi Campbell can't do anything by herself. Can't get dressed. Can't put her hair. You know, can't even walk properly. Have you seen the way they walk on the cat? And then you sort of shove your bottom to one side, back the other way. They've got this very peculiar way of walking. You know, I've, I've never seen it anywhere but on the catwalks. And it's this sort of... I don't know. It doesn't really show off the clothes to their best, but I mean, that's Naomi Campbell for because she's supermodel. But uh, supermodel with no hair in the paper today, because her hair's gone back and it looks like she's had plugs in. I don't know what it is. It looks very odd in the paper. Very, very odd. And uh, there's a poor chef here. Died of anorexia. Jonathan Edwards uh, died in hospital in March 2008 from chronic malnutrition. He was existing on two cracker breads a day. That's all he was eating, two cracker breads a day. His body mass index was below 14.9, should have been 22. Uh, five days a week he ate two cracker breads, uh, and that was the one meal. On the other two days he binged and was bulimic. Oh, dear. For those of you who don't know what it's like, it's, uh, it's terrible, because you, you eat and then you go and make yourself sick so it doesn't stay in your body. Because if you're, if you're anorexic or, or uh, anything, any of the diseases like that, you don't see yourself as being thin, you see yourself as being fat. Remember those two sisters that we featured on the programme years ago? And um, 
they were thin as rags. So one had gone down to, I think, three stone six. But she thought she was fat. And when her sister died, it still didn't discourage her. People kept saying, you've got to eat, you've got to eat. But because of the illness, she didn't see that. She saw herself as being, I'm just fat. She didn't see the gauntness that we saw. It was terrible, really. Absolutely dreadful. And then you get the other end of the scale, where sort of people can't, can't stop eating and then go, ooh, I'm gastric band fitted. And sort of, you know, get four pages of coverage in OK magazine. Whereas, in fact, really, she's going, I want to be a size 12. And I'm thinking, you'll never be a size 12, dear. Because you're just large frame. If you're large frame and big bone, you're always going to be fat. You know, but people always say the same, don't they? Oh, I really love being fat. No, they don't. No, they don't. People fib. You know, I've gone, oh, I'm really comfortable being this weight. No, it's really uncomfortable being fat. You know, it really is. You've got to go out and buy new pants and everything. It's just a disaster. LBC 97. Morning, everybody. I'm delighted that Boris Johnson has won the High Court battle to kick out the peace camp in Parliament Square. Uh, The good news is the judge has ordered the uh, activists to pay the cost of the 10-day hearing, £100,000. Yeah, right, like that's going to turn up. And uh, the judge has suggested that uh, Brian Hoare might be allowed to stay in his tent on the square because he's objected to this democracy village. These are people who just, they don't work. They're sponges. They just go and sit there and just cause mayhem in London. Kick them all out as fast as they can. If you want to see the pictures of the mess that they've made of Parliament Square, you can uh, go onto the LBC website and have a look. And if you've not been down there recently, it'll just break your heart. So yesterday I get on a bus... Why is it that you get on buses? Years ago, you got on the bus, and before telephones, you can, you know, you sort of look out the window. Now, you have to listen to people's, you have to listen to people's conversations. Uh, they're either in Polish, around our way, uh, or we get all the, uh, the old bikies and the chavs. And uh, up they came yesterday. There she was. She was the bird with the kid in the pram. The pram, and she's on the phone. But the phone is so loud that I can hear the other person talking. And she's a yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but girl. Yeah, but no, but yeah, because, you know, like, I'm going to tell you something now, something, she goes. And uh, so cause I turn around thinking, why do you want to tell the whole bus about your life? And I looked at her and she looked back at me. And I thought, so anyway, I just I always do the same thing. I always go, <clears throat> God. Anyway, she's sitting there. Anyway, she's had sex with, with Chaz. OK, like, but now she don't speak to Chaz. If she sees him, she's going to smack him in the face because Chaz is like, you know, he's like dissing her to everybody. So we learnt this within, you know, the bus hadn't even taken off. It's already Chaz and her best friend's Lauren. And like, Lauren, I've got something, something to tell you. Because like, I'm not sleeping with Chaz no more. I'm sleeping with somebody else. But he don't, he, he, his mate don't know. And I bumped into, and then she's going on about this. And then, and then the next revelation that came out of this piece of Pond Life's mouth was the fact I've got 40 quid left in the bank. But I'm going to go out this weekend because, because Chaz, because I'm like, I'm not talking to Chaz like, no more. Because I've had sex with him like three or four times, but I'm not having sex with him no more. And I'm thinking, God, I bet your child's going to grow up to be really proud of what mummy is. But easy if mummy was charging by the hour because she could have made money out of Chaz. And uh, Lauren is like the other end of the phone, like really sort of going, yeah, because this is like, yeah, because I also slept with Giles and I did this. And, I'd, and I'm thinking, you're discussing your life in front of a load of people on the bus. Of course, we're all really quiet on the bus. Every time somebody gets another phone call, they're going, I'll call you back. Uh, we're halfway through Chaz's love life with this old scrubber on the bus. So she's telling us everything about what she's getting up to. In the end, I was quite grateful to get off. Because, frankly, I mean, I'd had quite... I wanted to turn around and go... And I didn't know what I was going to say to her. I had no idea, I'm afraid. Of her. It was just awful. Why do people think we're interested? Anyway, there she was with the pram on the bus. I mean, she was... I mean, she quite clearly wasn't with the husband of the child anymore. 
I mean, that, that was patently obvious. And having a look at her, I'm not at all... I'm surprised she got pregnant in the first place. Must be one of those what I call the Friday night birds. That's why, you know, all the, all the guys go out the disco and at the end of the night there's one girl standing in the corner and that's the one you're going to pull because that's... And that she was it. Poor soul. Jan says, my daughter's boyfriend found a seven to eight week old pup in a dustbin. How could people be so wicked? Uh, well, that's what they do. They, they either that or they chuck them out cars or they drown and put them in sacks with bricks in them and throw them, throw them into the river. Goes on for ages. It's been going on for years. Nothing new. Happened for the last 40 years as far as I know. Uh, apples are cool, especially deep fried and covered in peanut butter. Oh, I'm not sure about peanut butter. I like toffee apples. Toffee apples are good. And uh, well done on giving up the drink. I stopped in June 91 and still off to this day. My lifestyle is 100% better. Oh, I feel much, much better. Much, 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 much better. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it is strange, though, because people say, are you still off it? You go, yep, still off the drink. They go, what do you do instead? I go, oh, I don't do anything, actually. I drink loads of water. But have you noticed, fridges don't work in this weather. I don't know why we have fridges anymore. You know, you get lukewarm water out of the fridge. What's the matter with it? Why is it not cold, cold, cold? Really upset. So I've been, I've been drinking as much water as possible and, uh, and tea. And that's about it. Or a Diet Coke every so often. It's good. Uh, Steve, know what you mean, says Jane, about Holly Willoughby on this morning. When her and Philip do this laughing thing that Fern used to do, it comes across so false and it irritates the hell out of me. No, the, the most false one is uh, Colleen Nolan, who admitted on Loose Women that she'd never laughed genuinely since she'd been on the Loose Women programme. Kind of made sense, actually. So every time I see her sitting there and she does look bored, I mean, I think that Carl Newton, lovely man, needs to actually change her now. Because yesterday we had Sharon, Sharon Osbourne on and she just made Colleen look a bit daft. Because Colleen's got nothing to contribute unless she's talking about herself or her dreary sisters. You know, and, and that's about it, I'm afraid. That's about it. Shame, really. Uh, other stories in the papers today. Other stories. Um, Simon Cowell plans a party to show love for fiancé. This really has got Max Clifford stamped all over it. I do love Max Clifford. I love I've quite a few people in the business who I know can get really good uh, coverage. And here you've got um, this, this girl who's going out with um, Simon Cowell. And they went out with Louis Walsh. Did you see what Kylie Minogue said about Louis Walsh the other day? <gasps> hates him. Hates him. Her, her and uh, Danny. He said um, he was so awful to Danny and me in the early days. Doesn't like him at all. I don't know why, actually. I think he's quite funny. Although, I mean, everybody goes, oh, isn't Kylie nice? I think, I think we've overrated Kylie. I've decided. I've watched her a few times. She's perfectly sweet, but she is just an Aussie girl from Neighbours. All right, you know, it's not, you know, she's not sort of, you know, Mother Teresa or anything like that. She's just Kylie Minogue, you know, who sort of spun round and did a few things, especially for you, you know, or for me or for anybody else. And, uh, and that was good. And then she had a conical bra, and that was very funny. And then you see her, and, and you, sp- you spend ten minutes looking for her in an interview. Hello, is Kylie in the room? Hello? Kylie? Kylie? Hello? Shout! Shout wherever you are! And then she sort of pops up, and you do an interview. But, I mean, it's only Kylie Minogue. I don't know why we're making such a big blooming deal about it. There's a, a dwarf in the paper today. Now, I thought you couldn't call people dwarfs. But he is a dwarf because... And the reason you can call them dwarfs is because what they have that restricts their height is called dwarfism. They're, so they are dwarfs. And this one here uh, is, a, is a habitual thief. He comes from Newcastle. And what they used to do, because he was small, they'd shove him through windows so he could thieve from people's houses. He's a bit of a prat, actually. And he's three foot eleven. But uh, they actually uh, arrested him the other day. He was carrying a baseball bat that was as big as he was. And he tried to hit officers. So they arrested him. Uh, he does suffer from a condition. And... Uh, 
It's called dwarfism. And he tends to drink to get over it. Well, I know... I've interviewed no end of people who, who are shorter than usual. Quite a, if I've got a producer who's shorter than most people. So she's doing pantomime this year with six others. And, um, and, uh, and, and she doesn't drink. This one drinks and is rather stupid. He's got his little hoodie and everything else. But he's, he's not all there in the upstairs department, which is, which is quite sweet. Gok Wan was having a bit of trouble the other day. You know he gets women who'll take their clothes off for him. I think because they know damn well that they're safe. He's not exactly going to be ogling them going, poor. You know, he's not going to do that because he's gay. Uh, but he had a guy in the other day called Simon. And Simon didn't want to take his clothes off. Well, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't want to stand in front of Gokwan naked. But uh, Simon had gone on this TV programme and Gok said it was really difficult. He said, women just take their clothes off. Of course, dear, because you're no threat. But a bloke's not going to take his clothes off in front of you. Simon, unfortunately, was 36. He comes from Cheshire. So you've got a rough idea, haven't you? That it's, it's not happening at all. Not happening at all. 36 in Cheshire and, and, and he wants a makeover. And it takes Gokwan to do the makeover. So now you know. Kerry Katona has made a public apology. She hasn't actually made a public apology. She's done it if you want to spend pound ninety-five because she's done it in OK magazine. It's funny, actually, I read it. I thought, that's, that's very good writing by Claire. It's, um, she sort of talked about her shocking behaviour. She said, it's so far away from the person I am now. No, dear, you're exactly the same person. <laughs> you look exactly the same. OK, so those days you were doing this and that. I'm quite sure that Kerry Katona will fall off the wagon again. Of course she will. When she realises that nobody's taking her any more seriously than they did before. And I'm, I'm curious as to why the, uh, the hen night for poor old Katie Price... Oh, dear, poor sad old baggage. She had male strippers. Oh, how sad and tragic. And so last year as well. Or the year before, or the year before that. I mean, male strippers. And she picked the oldest group of male strippers, the Dream Boys... Oh, blimey, they were going when I started in the business. They must be about 95 by now. And um, so she had them, and yet, strange enough, poor little Alex, if he wanted a troop of female strippers, she'd be the first one to put her foot down. Uh, I predict the marriage will last about six months until she's a bit bored, I'm afraid. Um, other sto- Oh, Kelly Brooks in the papers, just when he thought she wouldn't be again. She's on holiday with another man and a photographer. And um, this is uh, her latest mystery man is a 16-year-old boy. She's been slapped, snapped, sorry, slapped, snapped with team Sam Watson, son of Kiwi tycoon Eric, whose multimillionaire dad was previously linked to the model. Oh, it's another one of those Brian Ferry situations. Brian Ferry, aged old Lothario, going out with girl, used to go out with one of his sons. Oh, scary. And now you've got um, Kelly Brookener and a young man of 16. Apparently all his mates are really jealous. Of course they are. They're 16 and she's an old woman who hangs around just about anybody to get a picture of the paper. It's a little bit tacky, isn't it? If it had been the other way round, people have been going, ugh, ugh. Sorry, old man with sort of, yeah, well, anyway. So uh, here it is now. They've sighted a whale off the coast of uh, Devon. I didn't know Vanessa Feltz was on holiday already. I mean, how is this possible? A minute ago, she was having a gastric band fitted. Now she's in Devon. It's not good, is it? Jane Moore's column today, we love. Talks about Diane Abbott. I mean, a woman uh, for whom I can't think of anything to describe her apart from hypocrite. You know, this is the woman here talking about black kids who are loved more by their mums than white kids. I mean, the rubbish this woman comes up with. It's how she ever made it to be an MP, God alone knows. A masterclass, she says here, of nailing hypocrisy. This is Andrew Neil saying to her, you know, have you got something else to say? And she went, no, I've got nothing else to say on the matter. I thought, of course you haven't, because, you know, he's, he's going to expose you for what you are. Amanda Holden's father's crawled out the woodwork. Very exciting there. And the World Cup wisdom of Alex Gerrard continues, ladies and gentlemen. You'll be delighted to know 
that it continued apace at the weekend with news that she likes the red kit because it brings out Stephen's suntan. It's marvellous. This is Alex Gerrard. It's the one who turned up looking like some creature from Carry On Cleo at Elton's party. Uh, she went on to list that week's colour uh, clothing purchases and then added, my nightmare now is what to wear if we win. Nice to know, writes Jane Moore, that she now has one less thing to worry about in her clearly busy and challenging life. You know, what outfit? You're going to wear it, but you're going to look naff in it, dear. OK? It's just the way it's going to be. Alex Gerrard, naff. Stephen Gerrard, naffer. Together, like the red naps. Naff, naff, naff. You're so bored with seeing these people. I think we should give less coverage in the newspapers to uh, WAGs. And I think we should uh, stop covering any of the footballers. I think OK Magazine should be fined by the international community every time they mention somebody tedious and naff, like fat celebrities having gastric bands fitted, or Cheryl Tweedy, who's not... She's not going to revert to Cheryl Tweedy. She's going to call herself Cheryl Cole, or, uh, or anybody else. And postmen are to be given stakes in Royal Mail under government plans to sell it off this year. Woo, lovely, but they're thrilled. They're so thrilled. It's the only thing we don't have at them. We have postmen around our way. We, we have road sweepers. Well, I say we have, but we seem to have a plethora of road sweepers. I mean, most of them don't actually do a lot. They just sort of stand there and stare into the distance because it's, like, really mind-numbingly boring or they sort of push around a huge vacuum cleaner. Don't really do it. There's no sort of... In, a bit like watching the England football team play. Not really too much excitement, but probably loads of money in it, I should imagine. Uh, still to come, we'll talk to Tom Cheel. No Steve Hargrave this morning, I'm afraid, because he uh, came back from Glastonbury. And between you and me, he's A, sunburnt, and B, he's absolutely Kerry Packard. He's absolutely off his trolley. He climbed into bed in the early hours this morning going, I don't want to talk to anybody for 24 hours. Because he's so, so tired, because they worked him, I think, nearly 24 hours a day. So he's uh, very, very tired. So, no Steve this morning. So it's just me, you, the papers, and your texts, and your emails, and Tom Cheel when he gets down to the uh, the fire. So, oh, Jonathan Levi's in, isn't he? Went, God, I thought, I kept thinking, there's something on a Wednesday. What happens on a Wednesday? Jonathan Levi. And then we can have a cup of coffee as well. How exciting is that? God, dear, and it's only quarter to six. These are the headlines. Uh, 300 have had to be evacuated from their homes overnight after a fire broke out at a block of flats in Marylebone. At one point, 75 firefighters were battling the flames. A man's been charged over a siege at a bank in Surrey where several people were held hostage for around three hours. And figures leaked to The Guardian suggest that Treasury expects austerity measures in last week's budget to drive up unemployment by as much as 1.3 million. Check on the roads. All important this morning. Here's Matt. Thanks, Steve. Well, there's some slightly better news uh, from Maryland. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 12 minutes to... Uh, did you know I nearly said it was 12 minutes to 10? Because all I can see through the microphones is the number 10. I thought, go, you'll all be going, what time is it? By God, we've missed work, we've missed the train and everything. Never missed the rain yesterday, did we? I quite like that. I wish it would rain again, but by God, it went hot yesterday. Oh, it was another one of those muggy, horrible days. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Uh, now, Noreen is off and about. Greetings from our secret holiday, sunny Liverpool, she said. That's where she'd taken Brian on their secret holiday. So we got the train from Euston after I took him to his favourite coffee and cake shop in the world at St Pancras. We went to Liverpool. Being children of the 60s, we've done the magical mystery tour, the Beatles story, Cavern. Tomorrow, 
which is today. We're doing the Ferry Cross the Mersey, back to the Beatles story. May go to Anfield, Liverpool football ground as well. But I think too much walking for Brian. <laughs> I think just one of them sounds like too much walking for Brian. Amazingly, she said, we've learnt a lot of things about the Mersey sound. As our friend knows, he saw the Beatles in Luton, but not the date. We can now tell him as the entire diary for the Beatles is on display. Likewise, I saw them in Hammersmith. Uh, now I know the whole lineup. Elkie Brooks was on. I am able to listen to the LBC podcast, of course, but having problems emailing. Some go, some don't. Dreadful, isn't it? So anyway, I'm glad you're having a nice time up there. I bet Brian's loving it. My, my, my brother would do that kind of thing. He would love to do the Beatles tour. In fact, he might have actually done the Beatles tour. He might have actually done it. He loves stuff like that. It's, he's a big fan of the uh, of the 60s, of the Beatles and everything else. So that's good news. That's good news. So I'm glad that you're having a nice time. I bet it was a big surprise. And a cake shop as well. I'll tell you what I like. I like Patisserie Valerie. I like the cakes they've got in there. I mean, everyone looks like a million calories. You know, they really are terrible. Alison says, I love the photographs of the planes at Biggin Hill. What a brilliant performance by all involved. Me, I was on the south coast. Swanage, stroke Dorset, still fairly hot, but with the coastal and sea breeze a bit more pleasant than London, from what I've heard. heard. I know I'd, that's the best place to go and sit down by the, uh, the seaside, isn't it? When you get a nice, a nice breeze coming in, and it's lovely, and then you get that sort of... T- You've got to be careful, though, because you can really get a bit of sort of wind sweeping over your, over your arms and everything else. You've got to be a little bit careful. Should we get a cup of coffee? A cup of co- I'm desperate for a cup of coffee. Drying out, you know. And, um... And so it, that would be my ideal situation. I saw a lighthouse for sale a short while ago. And I looked at it and I thought, that'd be nice, a lighthouse. How lovely. Go and live in a lighthouse. And, then, and I thought every morning, looking at the sea, would back, I'd like to see things going on, not just the sea. I want to see a little bit more than that. But I love the idea of living in a lighthouse. I've seen some great conversions. I love this grand design programme. It absolutely gets me going. I, I look at it and I look at these people who've got these dreams. And they all work. And the bloke who presents it, Seems to be a little bit like um, the policeman in Miss Marple. He never thinks it's going to work, and of course everyone does. I begin to wonder whether or not he's just superfluous to the whole programme. Perhaps we don't need him anymore. Perhaps we don't need him. Perhaps he's just sort of get out there. That'd be good. There's a city trader here uh, who blew £345 million on oil deals after a day drinking. £345 million. He used his home computer. He's been fined 72000 It's nothing for some of these traders. They earn millions. Some of these uh, traders. Interesting. So Christine Bleakley was doing this, oh, hi, you, with her wedding ring on the other day. She had a ring on, and luckily she was holding her hand up so that somebody could get a picture of it. Stupid woman. Little, Listen, let me just warn you now, Christine, uh, if, if you flop on television in the morning, you know, you've got nowhere to go. Nowhere to go at all. So just be very careful. Just be very, very careful. I wish it could have been different, says Amanda Holden's ferry worker father, Frank who she's seen only three times in 17 years. As Sandra Parsons writes, and everybody agrees, if he hadn't walked out on a mother when Amanda was four, choosing to drink and sleep with other women, whilst away with the Navy, it might have been. I mean, she's, she's really not interested. I can well imagine why. Why would you want to sort of, you know, sort of... It's only because she's famous and he's come crawling back. I think, I think she said, I saw him at four, he left home, next time I saw him was at 16. Ridiculous, isn't it? Ridiculous. Uh, a lot of people talking about uh, Fabio. A lot of people talking about uh, Matt Smith as the new Doctor Who. Ratings down, of course, not as popular. And uh, strangely enough, actor and gay rights activist Ian McKellen took issue with Jonathan Ross's TV show band Four Puffs and a Piano. The singer Ian Parkin tells Radio Times, he says, this isn't right, calling yourself Puffs. But I said, 
you come from Yorkshire like me and you call yourself queer. In Yorkshire, that means there's something wrong. I don't want to be associated with a word like that because there's nothing wrong with me. Puff is just a made-up word. He saw my point. I'm sure he did. I mean, I, I didn't like the word either. I just thought it was Jonathan Ross taking the mickey. I mean, I think it's a bit sad that you have to go on television somebody calls you four puffs on a piano. It is a bit tragic, really. I mean, it could be a whole lot better. Why can't it just be normal? It's like, you know, it's like, oh, look, there's another lesbian. Oh, must be, must be uh, you know, a television programme called Big Brother because that's the only way you get to see these people now. Uh, do you think James Corden's World Cup show, Steve, is aimed exclusively at the Chav TV audience, says Ray? Uh, I do. I do think it's... I don't know who it's aimed at, but they're now going, oh, isn't he such a find? No, not in the slightest, I'm afraid. Uh, Wendy says, people today have no shame. If anybody calls me on my phone on the bus, I tell them I'll call them back. Well, I don't answer the phone. If it rings on the bus, I just don't answer it. Why you'd want to sit there going, hi, how are you? Yes. Yes, good. Yeah, I slept with so-and-so the other day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, who's interested? But these old chavvies have their, have their conversations, and it's just... I get it in the morning. If I get the bus from here to Waterloo. Oh, I get it all the time. It's dreadful. And uh, David Carl Sholton, I've been listening to you for years, and the story today with the girl on the bus on the phone was hilarious, especially when you said everybody else's phone that rang said, I'll call you back. <laughs> you just don't want to miss it, do you? You're not interested, but you don't, you know, because you look at her and you go, you look like you've slept with Chaz quite a few times, but now she's not talking to him because, like, you know, Chaz has dissed me. And so I'm thinking, no, he probably just used you. He's not remotely interested in you. Steve, I sat beside a girl talking to a boy about her sex life all of 14 years. I stood up and moved down the bus. I agree. I mean, I just don't understand. They, they, they do sit on the bus, some of them. I've seen them on the bus, you know, you see them sitting there, the chavs, with their sort of uh, tracksuit bottoms on and the baseball cap, and they're sort of rocked backwards and forwards, like, you know, they've been a, an animal in the zoo. And they're backwards and forwards, and the, and the phone rings go, yeah, man, man, man. That's what they call people, yeah, man. Yeah, because I was going down there now. Yeah, I right, see you there later, man. Bye. And that's, that's, the, that's the extent of their conversation. All I kept thinking about this poor girl on the bus, the one who slept with Chaz, is that at the age of, and she didn't look any more than about 18, her life was practically finished. She was up the duff, had, had a baby... And, and that was it. 40 quid in the bank at the age of 18. Cl- clearly didn't work, but she had a phone. And, and you think to yourself, and that's it. What, what do you expect from your life? What do you expect from it? Because you're quite clearly not made anything, because I'm listening to it, and it sounds a little bit vacuous, I'm afraid. More country music being sold on television, says Andy. Seems to work. I'm going to grow a goatee beard and get a wide brim hat. I love country music. They're all about sad stories, aren't they? Everybody who does a country song. It's either about, you know, I've been with my baby and my baby got killed. And there was a great one by some guy. And it was about a car crash. And he said, and I came over the hill and I saw the car in the tree. And over there was my baby. And over there was my baby. And way, way over there was my baby. And they're all about, you know, failing that. I came home, my missus left home, but I'm with the dog. You know, my dog staying with me throughout all of this because he's my friend for life. And they tell those sort of stories. You've only got to listen to some of Dolly Parton's things. You know, she talks about, you know, little Andy. And it was a story about, you know, late... On my door, it came a knocking. And and she opened the door and there's... Ain't you got no gingerbread? Ain't you got no candy? Ain't you got an extra bed for me and little Andy? And the answer is no, you shut the door in their face. Go away. Do not knock on my door in the middle of a snowstorm. But they all sing these the songs. I love it. I love it. I mean, I just, 
just something about country music. It, it, all the women have got big hair, and even when they're all family, they all pretend like they're sisters, but they're not really, because some are mothers and grandmothers. And, and all the blokes got funny hairstyles. The best one I like is Willie Nelson. You were always on my mind. I love that stuff. I really do love it. Uh, Steve, I've seen Karen McGiffin on Loose Women. She was going to live in Paris a year ago. No, she found a man. And so uh, he didn't want to go and live in Paris. And to be honest with you, it was the first one that she'd met in about 1,600 years. So best that she stayed where he was, which is good. Uh, old joke, David Blaine gutted because his record of doing nothing in a box for 42 days has been broken by Wayne Rooney. Thank you. That's Wayne, I've just shaved my entire body. Ooh, that's made you more attractive. Not. Uh, other stories of the paper today. Uh, this is, good Lord above, a confidence trick- tri- trickster. Can't even say the word. A confidence trickster who claimed to be the son of one of IBM's founders, invented a show-jumping team to defraud leading members of the horse-riding set. George Shooton rented fast cars in an opulent country house in an attempt to convince suppliers. You get people like this, don't you? I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And they've got... Uh, he also recruited somebody called Laura Renwick, who apparently likes posing in her boots and her pants, standing in the straw. Lovely. You're a class act, aren't you, dear? Kylie not looking good because she's, uh, she's making a film at the moment. She's had some tattoos put on, and it's Kylie without makeup. And it's amazing how different people look without makeup. They, re- I mean, they really do. I mean, I, I myself, you know, without the makeup first, yeah, a different person, completely different person. You wouldn't, you, you know, I could go down the street and you say to yourself, I mean, you wouldn't say that to Steve Allen, you get, it's Jenny Barnett. You, you would say that. You'd see that as you were walking down, down the street. Jenny Barnett wouldn't say it was Jenny Barnett, of course. And uh, I feel sorry for one family. And this is the family of Lance Sergeant Thomas Neely. Because Thomas Neely got a Victoria Cross. Somebody nicked it. Somebody stole it. It's worth £150,000. They'll never better do anything with it because people look out for these kind of things. Um, it's such a shame, actually, that people do steal. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm with the Saudis on this one. Somebody's caught stealing, we chop their hands off. You know, it's as simple as that. It's so, so straightforward. You know, you won't be coming in my house thieving again, will you? Uh, news is coming up very shortly. Don't forget, leave a bit early this morning, a bit extra if you're travelling down through Marylebone because a lot of the roads closed off due to that earlier fire. How can you find the time? Morning, everybody. Wednesday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Nice to be company. I trust you well. I don't know what the forecast is for today. I, I shall find out in a second, because I'm, I'm as curious as you are. Oh, we've got the weather from Hakia. Dry and sunny, hot this afternoon, not much wind about. Dear, kind of ruined your day, hasn't it? The maximum temperature, 27, which is similar to yesterday. Crikey. Currently, it's 19. Oh, blimey. Pollen count, be careful, it's high. Tonight, warm and muggy. Tomorrow, warm with long... Su- Where's the rain? Where's the rain? Oh, dear, honestly, I'm fed up with it already. I mean, I'm going out there. I mean, I might have to wear shorts. I might. That's a threat, incidentally. On FM. On. Morning, everybody. Coming up to ni- nine minutes past. You know, honestly, where does the time go? Nine minutes past. It only seemed like a minute ago we were doing five two. Now it's nine minutes past six. I don't know. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome along. Wednesday morning, LBC line 97.3. It's Steve Allen with you until 7. Being Wednesday, Jonathan Levi's here. Hello, another glorious morning. Oh, I hate it. Oh, it's lovely. I'm so bored with this oh, weather. it's fantastic, isn't it? No. No? I hate it. I'm absolutely not, not good in the heat. Doesn't it make you just jump out of bed thinking no, what a lovely morning? No, no? Springs make me jump out of bed. Mm. I, don't, I don't jump out of bed. I mean, I, I do get out of bed quite good, but I'm f- quite well. But I've, I've got this new mattress, which is on top of my other mattress. And it's a memory foam mattress. Tempur. 
Sorry? No, Some... Steve, I do beg your pardon. Oh, sorry. Um, yes, and, um, and it's, it's quite nice, but it's moving by itself. And, I'm not, and, and so, it, because I obviously move a lot in bed, so sometimes you get out and I have to push the mattress back onto right. the... And it's, so I've, I've decided I might change it. They're nice, though, those memory foam type things, aren't they? Do you have one? We've got a well, yeah, t- Tempo. Yes, oh, Tempo. Because they're, they're terribly expensive. Well, we got it um, online from a place in the <laughs> north. How much? Uh, much less than uh, half. Because they're it terribly, is terribly expensive. They're but very expensive if you go into somewhere like Selfridges. Yeah. <clears throat> Not so expensive if you get it online. Right. I, I discovered a lovely company down in Epping who do toppers. Oh, yeah, you can get those. I, and I like that. And that was the thing that kind of got me into it. Quite and then good. I bought one home. They weigh a tonne. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one that I had was, was vacuum-packed, so I sort of cut the thing off, and this thing is like, like sort of unveiling a lifeboat <laughs> all over the place. The next thing, you've got a huge mattress. One thing you were about temper and those memory foam things, that no good for women if they're pregnant. Something about the way... Your wife discovered this. Yeah, impossible <laughs> to sleep on, so she had to go to another bed. Oh, right. Impossible to Thrilling. sleep on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one minute wife, next minute nobody in there. Oh, is that why? Yeah, there's something about the the, the, the pressure and the and then the way they're made. Yeah. They're, they're really hopeless. I have been known to roll out a bed on it. I'm not, I think, I'm not sure if it loses its uh, its bounciness after a while. Yeah. They but are very got, comfortable. Everybody's got mat. I've got, the, I've got the pillows as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, you've got the pillows You've got, as the, well. pillows got too. the pillows too. And apparently you can get slippers. What, really? Slippers in memory foam. What no. advantage there would be of memory foam slippers? I have no idea, ladies Car and gentlemen. Car seats in memory foam? Well, I foam. don't know. I, I like slippers. Yeah, slippers are very nice. I quite like slippers. Slippers are very comforting. Mm. And, and I've discovered this hot weather, which I hate, that uh, slippers are actually quite cooling. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. It's just putting your feet into something fluffy. I always think your head and your feet is where heat most sort of... Yes, uh... you're probably right, actually. I did Biggin Hill over the weekend, and I did buy a hat. Yeah. Which is quite nice, like a Panama hat, and that was really good. Yeah. Because yeah, normally you put a difference. hat on, baseball caps make you really makes sweat. Makes you really hot. Yeah. yeah, and sweat. I didn't like that at all. But this other hat was very nice. You are looking fantastic at the moment. Really? Steve, yeah. Yes, I put on a little bit of weight, though, actually. Have you? I, just a little bit. Oh. I'm trying to eat more apples. But then yesterday I ate five peaches. Oh, well, peaches are good. good for, can I? Oh, right, I, I don't know. Well, fruit's five good fruit, they say. That's five a day, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just not, not sure it's supposed to be five peaches. Oh. I think, I mean, I'm trying to be good and drink water, and I'm seeing how long I can go without having any alcohol, because, unfortunately, Jonathan knows through bitter experience how much alcohol we, we did put away <laughs> at one time. It was almost embarrassing. I mean, I'm even horrified to tell you about it now, but it was, it was a lot one lunchtime. It was a lot one lunchtime. In a session. But um, you look wonderful not drinking. Yeah, but on the other hand, I quite fancy the idea of having a drink at some point, but I don't know what to drink. Well, you don't never say never. I mean, it's okay, you know, have a glass of champagne on a nice. Well, yeah, but somebody said to me champagne is really fattening. Oh, is it? Apparently so, because it's all full of sugar. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. I thought champagne and vodka was low fat. Is it? Oh, that's cool then. I don't mind doing that. um... Is it beer that's fattening? I think beer's fattening. Wine is fattening. Is it? Whatever it is, it's, it's just a. Pain, it really oh, it's is. Awful. It is. It's it's not nice, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, uh, looking through, we're having uh, having a look through the uh, papers. Oh, actually, Jonathan's come up with something novel. He's looking through broadcast and yesterday's papers. Oh, broadcast. Yes, um, we like broadcast. Broadcast magazine's quite good. You get to know all about everything that's happening in television. So there's all the all announcements about all the new series and all the things that are coming up that everybody's been working They've on. They've and... heartbeat. Well... ITV event. Now, is this IT because Jonathan works? within ITV, so he knows about these things. If, as they've axed Heartbeat, is that to save money so they can spend it on other things? Because they obviously thought it's run its course. Or, or have ITV got loads of money all of a sudden and they've just decided to commission lots of new things? 
I think ITV's probably in a in a stage of transition, and you know they've supported these great shows like Heartbeat and the Bill and the South Bank show and, and so on for so long. Mm. And I think their every show comes to an end of its time, doesn't it? You can't, you know, things just don't go on forever. And why not? Well. <laughs> he says in radio. Radio, I think you can actually go on longer. Because trends change. And, and also because individuals that run these companies, you know, want to imprint their own mark. And yeah. if they're just caretakers inheriting a schedule and looking after the schedule. Yes. I mean, it's like Radio 4 controllers mm. who don't make any difference, who just come into Radio 4, don't really do anything, just sort of, you know, keep the arches where it is, or whatever it is, mm. and then leave. I mean, what's the point? Yes, you're anything. right. I understand having, having to stamp your... your your mark on on something but i always think especially in in the world of perhaps more so radio than television you know if, if you were inheriting a radio station you would have to think right okay we've got to keep certain things in and then we can move other things around the outside there'll be certain things that you wouldn't risk axing from itv and i would imagine this morning would be one of them you would want to keep this morning you would want to keep a, a breakfast program of sorts yeah there are sort of crown jewels uh, immovable things in the schedule but then people always thought that about news at 10 that that was one of the things that was absolutely immovable and then it was well, you moved. See, i never thought that at all i always thought that people come in it doesn't matter what what time it is now because of the internet, you can catch up with a news bulletin. I didn't have to watch a bulletin at 10 o'clock at night. No. I couldn't care less. And I also don't mind who's presenting it. No. Because then, I don't go, oh, it's Mary Nightingale. I'm going to watch Mary Nightingale. Or I don't care. But then that just goes to show what seismic shifts can occur because news yes. was an appointment to view, wasn't it, until the internet? Yeah. And that people would watch the news sort of together um, and that there would be one news. And and that's changed completely because of the internet and because of catch-up. Yes. And but it's, it's amazing how much channels. how much sway they, they go on newsreaders on the television. They go, oh, Trev McDonald and Julia Somerville and people, and you think, but it does. If you asked out on the street, does, does it make any difference who was who was reading the news the night you heard of Diana's death? You wouldn't have the faintest idea who it was. I have key newsreaders from my childhood that I remember. Do I remember you? sort of Michael Burke reading the news. Yes. Or you know, Trevor Sissons or... Well, because it was male-dominated. Yeah. I but, remember... But then there was Anna Ford and there was um, Moira Stewart and... Yeah. There was the old... I, th I think we made too much about Morris Stewart and Anna Ford, I think, at the time, criticised because they were news readers, not news... Not, not journalists. Yes, they were auto-cuties, as we, we yeah. called them. Where somebody some would of come the first in, ones. Yes, and they would just read the auto-cue and there'd be an army of people at yeah. ITV or Doing wherever who were, who were writing it all up. And probably to a certain extent, the BBC, I would think. They must all do that. Yeah, although I think now most of the news presenters and news reporters and news readers are also broadcast journalists by... Background. Yes. Well, strangely enough, when I used to oh, do the news, but when I used to read the news on LBC when I first started, back in 19, God knows, frozen to death, and um, I never wrote it. It was written for me yeah. by the journalists, even though I was an NUJ member. They wrote the bulletins because they were the bulletin editors and they would write for me. For, a, for my speed, yeah. strangely enough. They didn't sort of write for my personality and good looks, which I thought was very difficult. Uh, well, I can tell you a break. few exciting things in All right. a minute. OK, in a minute, some exciting things from Jonathan. First of all, some exciting things in the news from Sam Pittis. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, Sam, not there at the, uh, the moment. I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's, should we go to the, uh, the travel? We'll, we'll come back to Sam in a moment. Uh, Matt Jones. Yes, thanks very much, Steve. Got problems on the Marylebone Road this morning, as we've been hearing uh, for uh, the programme. Uh, we've got problems with a fire that happened during the small hours of this morning at a block of flats on the Marylebone Road. Uh, so currently there's just one...
Morning, everybody. Wednesday morning in London town. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. My advice is, if you're coming into town because of that earlier fire just off the Marylebone Road, my advice is, and you're coming in on the Westway, come off at Paddington. And I do it now because within an hour it's going to build up quite badly around there and people who are unwisely not listening to LBC will not be knowing about it. So my advice is come in a different way if you need to come into that route and just come a bit further down. Okay, and that will save you time and trouble. And if you're still stuck in that, abomination that is the Hogarth roundabout. My advice is go over Kew Bridge and come in from the west of London through uh, through Chiswick, coming off the Chiswick roundabout. Much easier than wasting your time in that travel. When I went out yesterday, there was still travel tailing back about a mile and a half from Hogarth roundabout. As I say, it'd be nice if there were some people working on it for a change. Jonathan Levi's here. We talked about Heartbeat, which is going, the bill that's been axed, last of the summer wine has been axed. Yeah. All these people have been working on programmes for years and years and years and have got into a routine. You did Southbank show for, yeah, for a for, long while. Yeah, for eight or nine years. And then, th- then things change. So what are they going to tempt us with? It's a bit like Sale of the Century. What are they going to tempt us with to watch ITV in, in place of things like Heartbeat, which I thought people liked, but I don't know what the figures were for it. Well, it... Some, some of the new things coming up. Michael Ball's got a new series on ITV in the afternoons. Yes. Yep. He's actually quite popular, isn't he? He'll, he'll he's call, very nice, Michael He'll call Ball. a housewifey type audience. Housewifey type audience. He's got sort of... Yeah, I think he's got real appeal. Does he Michael have enough of, uh, enough of a track... I mean, I've known Michael for years. Does he have enough of a track record for... Well, he's primarily known, isn't he, as a musical yeah. star, but I think he's got a kind of warmth and... yeah appeal that I think he'll do okay. quite well. So the Michael Ball show, it's going to be called, it's going to be 30 episodes, 31 hours, and it's going to be on ITVs in the right. afternoon. Produced by the same people. Produced by, I think it's Spun Gold, the company that... Um, oh, who are they? I don't even know who they are. Do they do um, Alan Titchmarsh's show, or is this another company? I think it is that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Interesting. Um, so it's going to be uh, weekday afternoons during August and September, so that right. will be an exciting new thing. Richard Bacon's got a new show on ITV4. Oh, Lord, have yep. <laughs> You might not like this. It's going no. to be called Richard Bacon's Beer and Pizza Club. Uh. It's 10.45 minute shows. Far too long. They're going to um, talk <laughs> about inane and cultural subjects over beer and pizza in front of a studio audience. Oh, riveting. So I don't think... Uh, about as exciting, I'm afraid, as watching paint dry for me. I, just, I don't get some of these programmes that they come up with. Mind you, some of the ones you've come up They're with. They're just very niche, aren't they? The thing is, I've exactly. it's a very, very too. niche. It's, but it's a very, very niche channel. And it, and it appeals to a very specific audience. But the, but the people who would, who would sort of be watching that or the people who, who they're targeting, do they watch television or are they out doing proper things? Well, I think the thing is, if they watch television, they watch things like that. Yeah. And so, you know, they might watch the James Corden's World Cup show on You've ITV4. Again, it's not, it's not aimed at... No. It's not really But ITV appear to love him. They, they, they're sort of saying, oh, we, we, you know, we, we love him and, and you know, we, we're going to offer him this amount of money. I'm thinking, why? On the strength of what? I think, you know, ITV's definitely in the mood for signing new big talent, isn't yeah. it? Well, that, that's what you have to watch very, very carefully when you watch the television programmes and the proof of the pudding will be in the ratings. Yeah, and also because, you know, it's very interesting to look at the trends in talent, how they, how they shift, how people come up and then they go and, you know, will Piers Morgan go to America? That'd no. Be, no? I don't think he will go to America. Take I over think from what's No, there's no way he's going to take over from Larry King. No. Why would the Americans want, you know, a failed newspaper editor... As a person over there, They've, they must have tons of people in America who could take over from Larry King. He doesn't live in America. No. Why would they want a Brit coming in, taking the the money, and then flying back out? No, they wouldn't want that. The Americans would be going, excuse me, a Brit who's just done a few... Because they don't know him as an editor. They, they just know him as a judge. Well, they know a, him sort of as the anointed sort of prince by Simon Cowell, you know. Oh, it's they, not enough. 
It's not enough, I don't think. Well, watch this space. Yeah. Who knows? I'll be interested to see if he actually does it. I know he's just got married, but I'll be interested to see. I heard a story the other day. I can't, I can't say too much about it, because I'm sure I was told off the record, of the person who was, who was going to be signed before Adrian Childs moved from the BBC. They'd already spoken to a male presenter and a female presenter. Right. And that was on the Wednesday and Thursday, and they thought it was a done deal. Friday, Adrian Charles does his defecting. Friday evening, they do a deal with Adrian Charles. And Monday morning, the other two presenters read about it in the newspaper that, oh, we're not doing it now. Right. So they, they were really gutted. Meanwhile, Alan Yentob and a group of people, including Chris Evans, who were sort of working together oh, yes. to decide the Christian Bleakley thing from the BBC side are also very cross. Mm. I mean, these things are, I think, you know, for those people involved, I think it becomes quite fraught, doesn't it? At the end of the day, though... Will you be dictated to by an artiste? You know, somebody faffs around. I'm told, I have it on reasonably good authority, the BBC didn't want to lose Christine Bleakley. No, they but didn't. But she faffed around so much. You know, will I take this job? Will I t-? And I'm thinking, well, you're not that great, love. You know, proof of the pudding should be in the eating. One, one show ain't a track record. And in the end, they went, right, she's gone. Now we've got to think anew. Yeah. Would you be dictated to by an artist? Well, I mean... Depends, depends how much you want them, I suppose, does it? Talent, you know, says sort of, as those presenters are sort of called within television have probably got more power now than they ever have had to, had in the past. Isn't that interesting? The power of talents, partly because of the power of agents. Yes, and, the agents are very good. The agents are very good and very good at kind of um, uh, uh, making the talent sort of feel powerful and get them to have stories in the papers all over the place. So we're yes. always talking about them, thinking about them, but they are very powerful. And you're very much dictator. I mean, but the, the, the money that people can make is, is quite phenomenal in television, isn't it? I mean, still, you can still make a very good living by just having one series a year. Some people can make a fortune. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> when we say a fortune... Well, put it, we, we had Frank, Frank Skinner, who claimed that during the recession he'd lost millions. Yeah. And you think, blimey. Yeah, where did you know, get the millions? Well, exactly. Yeah. Actually, listen, we, we'll, we'll come back to Jonathan in a, in a moment. Tom Cheel is uh, on the line now. We got him up at the crack of dawn this morning to get him down to that uh, fire down in Maribyrn. So let's get an update. Tom, morning. Good morning, Steve. So where are we at the moment? I, I spoke earlier on to uh, Robin. He was saying that the fire was out, but the, uh, the disruption in the roads is going to continue for a little while. Yeah, that's certainly the case. Uh, the road itself, uh, Glentworth Street, uh, where this block of flats is still sealed off, uh, traffic being diverted around Baker Street as well. And uh, you can see uh, up to a dozen fire engines dotted around this particular block. The uh, fire crews themselves uh, have, as you say, successfully put it out. They're now just uh, uh, putting away the, uh, the hoses and also helping residents back inside the block. Because, uh, as you know, the fire broke out on the fourth floor and uh, they had to uh, evacuate several hundred people to a uh, nearby block of flats. Now, many of those are now being able uh, to return. They're being uh, staged in their uh, return. So uh, they're now, uh, those living on uh, floors seven and eight, allowed to return. Mm. But where the fire broke out on the fourth floor, that still remains sealed off as the investigation carries on. Can you see the evidence of the fire on the outside of the building? You can't actually, no. I've been uh, looking very, very closely and uh, from the outside everything uh, looks as you would anticipate really. If plenty of windows open given that it's been uh, pretty warm uh, overnight. But uh, very few signs other than the uh, fire engines and the uh, fire crews outside 
that anything has actually happened overnight. I think uh, the uh, the team down here glad, if you like, that it did break out in the early hours because had it done so around rush hour, it would have been uh, much much harder for them to uh, to get in and to respond as effectively as they clearly have done. How much longer do you think, Tom, before they they get the roads cleared? Because the rush hour is going to kick in within half an hour, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, they've got the uh, the major uh, investigation vehicles down here, which uh, they only uh, they only bring out uh, in the event of a very serious fire. And uh, the um, forensic teams and the uh, the fire investigation teams will be down here for several hours. Yet the fire, as you know, broke out in a flat with 10 rooms so it's quite an extensive space that they'll be uh, combing through to uh, piece together exactly what did happen i think it's likely that we will see some degree of uh, disruption certainly through the next uh, two or three hours around this particular corner of central london okay but at the moment it's all under control tom Yes, very much so. Uh, I think there's a, a sense of relief uh, amongst the fire crews and those residents who were evacuated safely. Uh, and uh, they, of course, are very grateful uh, to the teams who responded so swiftly and were able to uh, to make sure that they did uh, get out of the building safely. They've been well looked after, too, by the uh, local council and, as I say, are now being allowed to uh, return to their homes. Excellent. Tom, thank you for that very much indeed. Tom Cheel, our reporter down at the scene. So my advice is, for the, for the travel situation, just go round it. Don't go anywhere near Maribone Road at the moment. It's no. safe. It's, it's chock-a-block at the best of times. Do you know, I remember when they said years ago that, you know, the, the congestion charge was going to make it easier to pootle around London? It's just an absolute joke now. I mean, it's solid out there. I mean, you don't drive, do you? No. How do you manage to get to adulthood without driving? It's beyond, <laughs> was this as conscientious ever? You went, I don't think I'll bother to learn to drive. I'm thinking about doing one of those intensive courses. Yeah. Where you do it for a week. There's yes. a place in Blackpool where you can go for five days and then yes, you're pretty much guaranteed a licence at the end of it. Yes, I, 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 yes. Oh, right, Blackpool, yes. I, I wouldn't myself be wanting to go to Blackpool to learn how to drive for it. There must be, you can do an intensive course down here, I would think. You can, I think it's a lot more expensive down here. Yeah. Oh, right, you, you're purely doing it for the financial reasons. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I, th- I think the, sort of the, the chance of getting mugged in Blackpool is kind of outweighing the idea of spending a bit more money down in Surrey <laughs> and having it done down here, but... It, I don't know. I can't imagine you on the road. It'll be interesting. Okay, listen, very, very quick break for the news. More from Jonathan Lee via the other side of the news. And then also uh, how Prince Charles is saving £1.79 million a year in, uh, in just sort of running Prince Charles Inc. This is... Actually, somebody's pointed out the, uh, the, the, the downside of me cutting thieves' hands off. Uh, as they do in Saudi Arabia, and Phil says because they now start claiming disability benefits, so we'd lose both ways. Anyway, uh, a record-breaking day for Sam and the Sports Boys. Not a record loss, surely. Uh, no, 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 you won. Hey! Yay, Sam had a winner. Racking him up now. Which is fantastic. Well, Alex had Gold Trek, hmm. which won at 5-4, to four, profit oh. £2.50. Oh, yeah. Total profit now £36.68, and your nag, Mason, yep. won. Yep. Which is fantastic How news. How much? Sorry? How much? Fantastic news. How that much? Your, your, sorry? How much did it win? Fantastic news that your horse How won. How much did it I'm win, I'm really Steve? thrilled for How you. How much did it win? Okay. Um, well, put it this way. If you have another 146 winners, you might just break even. Oh, come on. You won at one to seven. Your profit's 29 pence. What? Sam, you're awake. <laughs> yeah. Are one, you joking? No, seriously, you got you got twenty nine pence profit. So it's seven to one on. Why would no, it was you got the it one at one one to seven. Yeah, seven to one on that is, and we were so we're back in the 
That's yeah. ridiculous. You've got 29p, so whoopee for you. I'm going to have some words with the sports yeah. centre. But it says, in all our years of racing tips, Mr Cushing had the embarrassment of the, shor- the, embarrassment of the shortest ever price, and now John can sleep peacefully as Sam has had a stunning 1-7 to seven winner, 146 more to show a profit. Unbelievable. So that's good now, because your total loss is £42 and a penny. Still, I think you call that a string of wins now, don't you? I call it a string of something. I think I've got a string of wins. I, I think, think string you up. <laughs> I'm not sure, actually, wins. String the sports centre up. Yeah, they're dreadful, aren't they? Unbelievable. Yeah. So today we're off to Kempton, hmm. 8 50 yeah. Which is ten to nine, when most decent horses of a certain age are in bed. <laughs> Rangefinder. Rangefinder. Yeah, hope, hope it can't find its range. Yes. Uh, Catterick, Chepstow, Kempton, Worcester and Perth are the race meetings. Four o'clock from Catterick. Trump's two. OK, I'm not going to give you a, a Mars bar. Oh, come on. No, I'm sorry. Not, not for 29p. Probably no. can't get one for that, I shouldn't No, think. you can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, actually. You can, but you're, you're not having one. Okay. I'm going to make you push, push the boat out a little bit more. Yeah. And do a little bit better. Is it a surprise, or...? Is it a surprise? Or what am I going to get instead? I well, you're not get getting something. anything. Nothing? No, nothing at all. 29p's worth of penny sweets. No, you're not getting anything. I'm really sorry. I've set my sights low, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, set them a bit higher and have a little word with Mr Kittrell. I'm going to. I'm going to. Don't you worry. OK. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, on the subject of the, uh, the accident song, Paul says it was called I Want My Baby Back. And it was on the Kenny Everett compilation album. It was in a sickly-looking blue vinyl. And there was a song called Transfusion, which was a song about multiple car crashes. Mm. Kenny Everett had this... Actually, it wasn't... It was It was almost... Do you know that the, the album was... And I forget what it was called now, but it was as if you got loads of plasticine and then squidged it all together, all different colours, and then flattened out. It looked like that, I'm afraid. It had everything. It was, uh, it, was, it was a good album, and if you've got it now, it's worth money, I should imagine, which is very good indeed. And, uh, anyway, Jonathan Levi's with us in the studio. Prince Charles costs us a lot of money. And even now he's going to be a cut-price royal. He's going to be cut-price royal. But he, he, uh, he still pockets £17.1 from the Duchy of Cornwall. Which I didn't think did very well, the Duchy, because I thought they'd hived it all off to Waitrose or somebody. Yeah, all, the, all, the, all those products. Yeah. yeah. I quite like them, though. They're quite nice, aren't they? Yeah, the they're quite nice. The I've done, done the jam. You've done the jam? done the jam, yeah, jam's nice. I've done, the, I've done the shampoo and I've done the biscuits. Oh, the biscuits are quite nice. Biscuits are lovely. Yeah, lovely biscuits. Yes. And have you done the shower gel? Sorry? Shower? I have done the shower gel. It's not bad, is it? Yes. At the moment, I'm using Gucci. Gucci shower Gucci gel? Gucci shower gel, because it's £23 and it's quite nice. Yeah, that, that's, not, but it's, that's not the sort of cutting back austerity... But thing of our times, is it? Really, Gucci shower gel. Well, that's the age of decadence. Oh, is it? Oh, well, right. £23 for well, a shower gel. That's one of my cheaper shower gels. I mean, that's about two or three pounds a shower. Oh, is it? Oh, right. I don't mind that. No. I don't mind that at all. But in fact, it's interesting. Somebody was talking a while ago about if you're invited to, uh, to Windsor Castle yeah. to spend the weekend, which a lot of people are, you don't necessarily see the Queen all the time. I don't think you go there and she goes, OK, let's go out and play Shove Hapney or something. Yeah. But the, it, the way of packing your clothes and unpacking apparently is beautiful. When they actually pack all your clothes when you leave, they're all done in tissue paper oh, and lovely. beautifully done. And I thought, that's quite nice. That's very you nice. you can't get enough tissue paper nowadays. There's not enough around. There's not enough tissue paper around. It costs a fortune. Not enough drawer liners and <laughs> scented things. <laughs> Uh, Steve, uh, regarding alcohol, says Martin, have half a pint of beer or cider socially, two drinks at most per day. Nurse the drink slowly, paradoxically, you enjoy them more. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know about that. Don't know about that one. That sounds a bit... Of course, typical somebody from Enfield. Yeah. Two drinks a day. Two drinks a and day. And Dee says, memory foam slippers are lovely. Oh. 
It says, hard to blame the pillows for sweating in this heat. Well, actually, they, they do get quite hot. Yeah, they do. I get quite hot on my head. And also, two of them, because I like two pillows. Do you like one or two? One. Oh, one? I like well, two. You sound surprised. One. Yeah, one. Do you, you not have like... two? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, two. That Very much two. That can't be good two. for you. Do you not get a stiff, um... Well, I, get, I think one's too low. Is it? I think so. But, and also, but the trouble is, because memory foam are quite sort of hard, two of them are a bit high up. It does... Your head is very angled with two. You're not supposed to sleep like that. Really? You're supposed to be... In fact, if anything, you're supposed to sleep without a pillow. Well, no, because it's good for lymphatic drainage. Two is pillows. It? Oh, yeah. I worry a lot about that at night. Oh, you wake up, um, you know, uh, unwrinkled. With unwrinkled? Two, with two pillows. Don't. One pillow, lots of wrinkles. One, no, two... Pi- are yours hard, then, or soft? Well, memory foam is quite hard, quite hard, isn't it? Yeah. And you have two two memory foam pillows? Yeah. I'm not surprised you can sleep at all. Well, isn't it more comfortable? No. That's like your head's real. Oh, no, it's horrible. Oh, no, but I'm not lying on my back. I'm on my side. Oh, right. Do you just... Do you turn? I think so, yeah. Well, well I mean, so yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm on my start, side, facing... facing that way. And then do you turn around and face the other way? Face the other way, yeah. Right. And do you do that a lot of times? Oh, uh, no, I tend to face in one direction. Right. If you're listening at home, you probably do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. I'm constantly changing sides. Really? Yeah. Although I always sleep on the left-hand side of the bed. Oh, I'm on the right-hand side. And facing on the right, facing rightwards. Face Facing right. right. Oh, you're on the right, so you're facing out. Facing out. Oh, right, you don't face in. No. No, oh, I right, face out. face out. You see, I, I'm on do the left-hand side and face in. On the left-hand side, facing in. Yeah, left-hand side. Well, that's the same side. direction as me well, in on fact, the right. it, it depends. Right or left-hand side as you're looking at the bed. Or as you're looking it. at the bed. As you're looking at the bed, I'm on the right. Oh, well, I'm on the right. And I'm facing in. I'm facing out. And then sometimes I face out. Oh, well, I hardly ever face in. Maybe playing along out. at home. Because you worry about these things. Because people say, do you... I mean, I, I should film myself at night. Yeah. And see how many times I swap sides. Yes. Because I'd probably be quite, quite worried. It's because sleep deprivation is terrible. Terrible. It ruins your night's sleep. And also, if you listen to uh, LBC in the night, yeah. you obviously need a little headphone or a little something. You're listening to LBC at night, are you? Well, no, I mean, not always, but I tend to go to sleep to, with the radio on. Really? Yeah, I'd find it very restful. Oh. Well, there you go. Duncan he says, bus driver says, I have to li- listen to these chavs all day. Makes my head spin. Grief. I must mention very briefly uh, that the... And already we're talking about Christmas surprisingly on the programme, because I turned on the television the other day, and there's one of these shopping channels, and they're making Christmas cards. And I seriously thought I was watching an old programme, and they go, no, better order now. And I thought, if you make your own Christmas cards, best that you should do it now, as quick as possible. <clears throat> John Warrington sleeps on the left, with three pillows. Three? Three. Well, I think that's excessive. Well, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Three that? pillows is practically vertical. I mean, that, that's a sign of somebody very rich with no life. He's practically sleeping standing up. I mean, he is practically standing up. Apparently, I was reading a, this book at the moment, which is about a, um, a woman who works in a mortuary. Yeah. Don't ask me why. I've got this, it's this bizarre book. It came and it got sent in to me, and I'm reading it avidly on the train, thinking there's no way I could ever work in a mortuary. Corpses don't have pillows, do they? They're just flat. They do. They do have pillows. They do have pillows. How many? They have, well... It depends. Here we go. It depends if somebody's coming to view. Oh. If somebody's coming to view and they can't close the mouth... Right. The old system used to be to put a stitch inside right. to close the mouth. Now... Memory foam. Memory foam. <laughs> they, they put two pillows under the head. Two, if, you see? Two. But if... Because if you raise the head up, the mouth automatically closes. Right. So... Now, but John with three, I'm not sure whether, where, where, where John is in this world. Yes, well, I, I mean... worrying. Yeah almost offensive. But anyways, we, as we are talking about uh, 
Christmas, the International Magic Convention. In November, they're oh, advertising exciting. already. And it's, uh, they, they're actually on internationalmagic.com. Where's that? In London? In London, yeah. Oh, that's never been? No, I've never been. Oh, it's fab. Oh, I'd love I always to go. go every year. Where is it? It's, uh, they're holding it down uh, at the Mermaid Theatre. Oh, very exciting. Can you buy tricks yes. or do you just go and look oh, at yes. them? Oh, excellent. Oh, yes, they have dealers from all over the world. Oh, amazing. You've never been? No. Oh, good heavens above, you need to get out more. Well, I can't, can't I always wait. go. On the, every, every November? I go, yes. Oh, 26th to the 28th. Oh, I'll be going this year. Really? Yeah. Okay. I want to buy some new tricks. International Magic Talk. I haven't bought any tricks for years. Bought any tricks? Oh, ages. Really? From that little place, is it in Farringdon or somewhere? There's that's a... International Magic. Yeah, that's there. Yeah. I, I love little that little the corner. shop. Yeah, I love that shop. Well, they have a big convention. Oh, honestly, I'd have to educate everybody on this programme. Well, I'm going to have to know I'll know take you this year. It. Lovely. Come there you wait. go. So it's 26th to 28th, internationalmagic.com. And magicians from all over the world go down there and all the dealers and everything else. So it's, a, it's a good day out. Steve Hargrave has said, got Glastonbury fatigue. See, that's a thing I thought you'd be filming at. Glastonbury? Yeah. Well, no. It doesn't interest you. It's a bit quite BBC, isn't it, Glastonbury? I think they Is do it? that on the BBC. <laughs> no, but they send, they send sort of 600 people down there to cover it for, you know, BBC oh, Three. Uh, do you know, even... I got quite angry the other day. Quite angry. On one of my rare occasions. I'm watching the tennis, which, I'm, frankly, I'm really not interested no, in anyway. It's boring, Venus really, Williams isn't it? crashed yeah. out. Who cares? Yeah. Get a life. And they're doing the weather... From Wimbledon, I'm thinking, that's a bit of a freebie. Just Why do they need to go down there and do the weather? They Johnny, don't. They can do it from the studio. Or, frankly, you know, I would have weather people just sending it in on a piece of paper and I'll read it myself. But they're taking the axe to their pensions to plug a £2 billion yes. deficit at last. Yeah, BBC finally. final salary pensions. Oh, it's an outrage. We don't get final salary pensions. Why should they? I don't. I don't. I don't get anything. No. Why should they don't get, you get fi a final salary? Pension? No. All oh, right. Commercial sector, ITV abolished it years and years you don't ago. Get to magic conventions. You don't get. A sec oh dear. All gone wrong, isn't it? Oh, it's a disaster. But I'm very pleased about the BBC's um, b bashing of the pensions. Yes. About time. About, actually, bloody, about time. It's actually, they all say that whenever you uh, whenever you work for the BBC, it's kind of a job for life. Nobody knows what you do. But it's kind of a job for life. Whereas in ITV, because it's commercial and they've got to rely on the income, same as we have. Yeah, you're as good as your last week's work. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I'm still here. 14 minutes to seven. News headline, Sam Pittis. Around 300 people have been evacuated on... LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. It's whizzing through this programme this morning. So the fire's out in Marylebone. The after effects are it's going to cause uh, travel chaos, I'm afraid. So, uh, Take uh, different routes, please. Please find alternative routes. The peace protesters camping in Parliament Square have been told they've got until four o'clock on Friday to pack up and leave. I think what they've been told is they've got until Friday to appeal or to lodge an appeal. The judge has told them that they've got to pay the costs, which are estimated at 100,000. I'll be glad to see them out. I think they've just ruined Parliament Square. It just looks like an absolute dog's dinner down there. They should just turf them out. I don't know why they're still there. I've got why no it's such idea. A fuss to get rid of them. Oh, it's just ridiculous. But nowadays, somebody ago. breaks into your house. It could take you six months to get rid of them. Yeah. Because you've got to go to court. Yeah. Ludicrous. They've got to change the law about that. Track Absolutely. Them out. And after the arrests of an alleged Russian spy ring in America, Nick will be asking what this could mean for relations between Moscow and Washington. See, when they asked our spies over here. Uh, people went, mm -hmm. because I'm assuming that this is quite normal. There was a film I saw year, years ago, and it was about uh, a Russian family. I think it was called Sleepers. And what they are is they're spies put into a community, man and wife or, you know, whatever it happens to be, with children. And at a certain moment, they activate them. Give them a special phone call. They give them a special phone call and go, now. And that's when they've got to start spying or doing whatever they do. And you, th and, and you wouldn't know. It could be your next-door neighbours. Yep. 
You know, but and they, they would just appear normal people to you. It's a fascinating story. Very exciting. On the front of all the uh, the papers today, Daniel Barnett is going to be looking through the papers today, and uh, they're going to be talking to Elle McPherson. Oh, she's coming in as well, a supermodel and actress, and art collector, and, and art collector. Yes, quite everything else. Elle McPherson, Gordon Ramsay, or David Beckham. Two stories. Gordon Ramsay, or you Which made one a choice. Do you want to talk about yes. Uh, Gordon Ramsay or David. Beckham. Anytime. What's the David Beckham story? Well, the David Beckham story is really that um, Sherry Blair um, goes all gooey about David Beckham, saying that she's met Wayne Rooney, and uh, she wasn't so impressed by Wayne Rooney, mm. but she met David Beckham, and she sort of fell in love with him, and he wore this funny silver tracksuit, which she says would look terrible on anybody else, but on him, looked, on him it, looked good. Um, it looked amazing. Women are obsessed with David Beckham. He looks quite old to me. I don't... I mean, given the choice between him and Wayne Rooney... Well, I can see... It would have to be him. Yes. He's obviously much better looking than yes. Wayne Rooney. I don't think Wayne Rooney could ever be considered good-looking. Poor, poor Wayne soul. Rooney. Poor Wayne Rooney. I mean, when he looks in the mirror every day and, and the chip monkey's with at the moment, poor old Colleen. I'm surprised you've not worked a show with her. Colleen? Yeah. A bit low-rent for me. She's a bit low-rent, isn't she? The trouble is, I think people go, oh, let's, let's give her the, these programmes on television without thinking, is she any good at it? And the answer is, no, she isn't. No. She's just a chav who happens to have a load of money. I wish they'd take their money away from them. Uh, John has got uh, very wide shoulders. That's why he's got all these pillows. I think that's a flimsy excuse. I think excuse. it's a flimsy excuse, actually. We're not buying that at all, John. It's ridiculous. You're just terribly rich. Sarah says, I've got four pillows and a V-pillow. A what pillow? A V pillow. Have you seen one of these V pillows? It's like a, it looks like a V. What, like one for an aeroplane? Yeah, a that bit like that. Thing. But she has a disability bed. Oh, I've got no idea what a disability bed is, but it Maybe comes with like four pillows. Bed. Sounds a bit like that, doesn't it? With the buttons to go up and down. Oh, how lovely! I've always wanted a bed where you can push a button and your feet raise. That'd be good. I quite like to go that. Up, to go up and yeah. down. Yeah, but then you see, I've often wondered because I've got fitted sheets. Would they stretch? You know, I don't know. You have to worry about these things. They do shrink in the wash. They don't. They fitted sheets in a tumble dryer. I don't know. I don't have them tumble dried. I have them laundered. Yeah, but they tumble dry them. Not mine. They don't. No, no. They're, they're taken out by refugees and sort of aired like that. I don't have anything tumble dried. Tried that with pants once. That didn't work at all. Well, things were very small. So they're they're blown in the breeze. Outside. Sometimes, if they're lucky, yes. Yes. They uh, and then they, then they come back and they're all folded. And I just put them on the bed. I cannot oh, bear nice. creased sheets. Oh really? I'm a bit funny about that. Yeah. I like as you know the, the wind blowing through the curtains. Well, the trouble is if you don't get them freshly laundered and waved yeah. in the air by refugees, and you do them yourself in a tumble dryer, oh, they yeah. shrink and then there's a gap between the bottom of the mattress and the end of the sheet, and then it looks really ugly. No, I've never had them shrink. I think you're doing them on a boil wash. Try on a medium heat using medium heat. aerial tabs, which go for, for multi. You're, you're boiling them too much, too hot. Oh, too hot. Yes, I'll ask the wife about that. That's okay. why they're shrinking. Right. Have you had any other items shrink? Everything seems to shrink. Well, that's why they're too hot, I'm afraid. She's obviously got it set too high. Oh, dear. Change it. Oh, dear. I shouldn't have to tell you at your Between age. Between the moths and the shrinkage. Oh, you've got moths as well. Moths. I had a mosquito. Did you? Mosquito in the bathroom. Oh, no. Of all places. Well, could you hear it? No, no, I saw it. I quickly whipped out my can of hairspray, went tss, and its wings froze, as if in flight. <laughs> I thought, you'd not be flying around my bathroom again. Uh, have you ever, ever read the Viz strip? I've never read Viz in my life, I'm afraid. I would have any idea at all. Any idea at all. And, uh, Jonathan, between the football and the tennis, there's nothing worth watching on television. Chat, reality, makeover and property shows are so boring. Decent dram seems to have disappeared. We only seem to use our television for Corrie... 
and as a monitor for the DVDs. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. It, you better make some decent programmes well, for Barbara. drama's really difficult. Drama's really hard because great drama might come back. I reckon there's going to be a resurgence of great drama. Well, we haven't had great drama since, well, I don't know, in my day it was uh, Brideshead Revisited. Yeah. Well, ITV, Granada used to make all that. Yeah, but it's too expensive now to it's make very, drama. very, very expensive. You can make That's more money out of a reality show. It, can, it costs between five and £700,000 an hour to make those dramas now. Is it? Yeah. Where they, they get their money back program, from? They get the money back from advertising. From the advertising. And unless it's something that turns into a box set or gets sold all over the world, it's just too expensive to make. Right. Ah, interesting. So, whereas Hello. these broadcasters can make a <laughs> factual programme for more like 100 to £200,000 an hour and get about the same audience. So, oh. and in an era where advertising's right down, you can yeah. see that that's what they want to do. Gosh. But it is sad and there should be more drama. Yes, there should be more drama. I don't know what. Uh, Gronia says, I'm listening to you from a kibbutz by the Sea of Galilee. It's going to oh, be 38 degrees to get. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? A kibbutz by the Sea of Galilee. There you go. Oh, you, nice. you could go there, couldn't you? Oh, I'd love to go there now. Well, you can't, okay. I'm afraid. Oh, hello. Um, Brenda says, I heard you yesterday with Alan. Why are you so horrible to him? Because he's a horrible person. And uh, that's why. We've taken away all his pillows. Yes, he's taken away any. all of his pillows. He, she says, he's lovely. He has to be a good friend to put up with you in the morning. No, he's desperate for the money, Brenda. That's what it is, love. That's the only reason he comes crawling back every week, and I make him crawl on his hands and knees. Uh, I have seen the trolley bus clip. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Dawn says, nice to hear Jonathan Levi with you today. Oh. There you go. Okay, don't read too much into it. Okay, just saying it's nice to hear you. And uh, very quickly, another one here on uh, tissue paper. And uh, this is from, I don't know, Tracy, I think. She says, my lovely mother Christine listens to you daily. And always packs any type of travel case with tissue to prevent crinkles. Because that's what people did, wasn't it, apparently? It's, if you put tissue paper in, it stops your clothes being all wrinkly. So you'd line each, you'd wrap each item. Yes, you actually put the paper. tissue paper in, then the dress or whatever is and on top. And then fold it nicely. Fold over and then fold the tissue paper over. Yeah. Do you not do that or have it wafted by refugees? <laughs> you see, you're obviously not going to the right place. You're okay. boil washing and it's wrong. I'm sorry, it's wrong. Uh, Steve, uh, I have nine pillows. Oh, this is ridiculous. This is now getting <laughs> stupid. Nine the pillows. reason you've got nine pillows is you're working in a bedding shop, that's why. Got nothing at all to do with anything else. There's no room on the bed. Sarah says, pillows. my bed goes up and down and fitted sheets keep pinging off. Oh, really? Change your bed. Yeah, change change your, your bed. bed. Got no more time. Oh, no. We're finished. Oh, OK. All a bit quick. Yeah. Do you have to go and if you go and make television programmes? I've got to go home and take my daughter to school before going to work. Oh, really? Yeah. Take her to sc- How old is she? Five. Five. Does she like school? Loves school. Isn't it funny? At five, they love it. By the time they get to 12, they hate it. Yeah. Are they, is it because you're doing different things when you're five? You're painting. And... Well, she loves us now. She'll probably hate us at 12. <laughs> True, actually. Most kids, you know, you don't let me do anything. Lovely. Jonathan, thank you. Thank you. Jonathan Levi will be back with us next week on the programme. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. If you go to the LBC website, uh, you can have a look at all the pictures of the protesters in Parliament Square. And, uh, and they'll be going, hopefully, by Friday. How are they going to pay for the court case? I've got no idea. Nick will explore that after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. And uh, if you also go to the LBC website, you can have a look at the pictures of the hanging baskets on lbc.co.uk forward slash Twitter. The pictures of Biggin Hill... And you can enjoy those. Some great pictures of the Red Arrows and some of the early pictures. They're not only on the Twitter page, but they're also on the Steve Allen page as well. Talk to you tomorrow at five. Don't forget to podcast. Nick's with you after the news at seven. First of all, it's the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after...